Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. And they're off. Not really. Not really. No, they haven't. (laughs) I tried to bring a little excitement to the start of free agency 2023, but as predicted by one and many Long gone are the days of uncharacteristically aggressive shopping sprees, free agent of Palooza's, and the Patriots making lots of noise. In fact, my co-host today would like to tell you a certain something about a word you can't spell without Pat in it because he is not a fan of the approach thus far. It's the legal tampering period, but as far as I'm concerned, having separate names for it, Seems completely irrelevant and unnecessary, but who am I to tell the multi, multi, multi billion dollar NFL how to do their business? Free agency is underway, and so is the latest episode of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by your friends at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. We're going to explore the Patriots' start to free agency today, as well as what signings we do and don't like from around the NFL. Plus, Andy Hart is going to tell you a little something about some rule proposals that have been brought up, which as we said before the podcast began today, uh, rule proposal changes at this point are technically more interesting than the New England Patriots approach to the offseason. So we got that going for us, which is nice. It's Fitzy, it's Jumbo, it's you. Andy, would you say thus far, here we are just under 24 hours into free agency 2023, the Patriots approach thus far is on par with your expectations surging beyond your expectations or coming in uh, just below expectations? Just below my expectations. Uh, I I think they needed to be aggressive. And I say that in the past tense because even though free agency hasn't begun yet, as you noted, um, because of the weird way the NFL does things, technically teams are not supposed to be agreeing to terms on contracts. And yet Mm -hmm. They have agreed to terms on, what, 50 contracts across the league or something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I even laughed. The The NFL Network on Saturday and Sunday was doing live free agent frenzy shows. And I'm like, how are you doing free agency frenzy shows when you're 
supposed league rules say that teams can't be talking yet. And then when they can start talking, they can't really agree to terms. But whatever. Let's take it for what it is. Um, because it's a farce. It is a farce. And what else you, is a farce? You, wait, wait, you wait, hold on. You said, uh, pardon me for cutting off, but I think I think even you said when we were talking about the combine just a, a few days back that basically free agency was kind of underway by the time you get to the combine because all day it's listening to sound bites and hello, how are you, whatever else, men doing, you know, sprints and three cones in their underpants. And then next thing you know, it turns into – See you at the bar. Are we going to flingers or tchotchkes? Steak and shrimp, martinis and beers, and 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 all of a sudden deals are sort of getting worked on oh, yeah. and agreed to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out there. They just pretend it isn't, and that's how you have you know ninety minute. I mean ninety million dollar deals being announced or agreed oh, to. Yeah. Like I mean, those contracts aren't written up in thirty seconds. They've they've talked about this previously, and apparently the Patriots haven't done a heck of a lot of talking to too many people. Now I will say. I think they pulled off a borderline miracle to open free agency and the uh, legal tampering period. I think the trade for John Hu Smith to the Falcons for a seventh round pick to unload his salary to unload nearly $5 million in salary cap dollars um, for a guy who we've talked about is it was just a body. He was a body on the depth chart because his contract made him uh, so. And, you know, his old buddy, Arthur Smith, where he had, I guess, his best success production in Tennessee. Now 2020. In yep. Yep. Um, I like to say there's a sucker born every minute, and sometimes those suckers grow up to be NFL head coaches and GMs, and the Patriots found that sucker. Great job. Um, but when your biggest move is a salary dump, that's problematic. <laughs> like, that's their biggest move. And Okay, but at the same time, I'd like to yes no, and no your – I'd like to yes and your okay. yes uh, and. minor miracle, if you will. I want to be a positive Pat's partner here on the pod. Alliteration uh, – fueled by my large cup of morning, Joe. I want to be a positive Pat's pod partner because to me, not only is it great. Okay. Only $4 million of cap relief this year, a big, you know, a, a piece of scorched earth, like 13 million in dead cap money this year to remind you of the disaster of the salary, 31 and a half million dollars wasted and outlaid cash over the previous two seasons. But you do get a bunch of money back for next year. That's great. This must mean, number one, Bill O'Brien took a look. Yeah, I know. Hooray, great success. <laughs> Bill O'Brien looked at the tape and even probably told Bill, like, for what you guys have to pay him this year? No, I can't. It's not It's not worth it. And what for me personally, both as, you know, podcaster, broadcaster, uh, super fan on the field, and just somebody who likes the Patriots in general, I'm relieved that I no longer have to worry about either trying to spin the latest edition of the John Follies into something funny for the audience or that I don't have to sit around and go, oh, my God, what were they thinking? I can't believe I'm constantly reminded of the money they wasted. So it's best for all parties. Divorce, shake hands. You're welcome. Keep calm. Move along. Yeah, I, I want to read you because sometimes I feel like we get too close when we talk about these um, negative issues, bad contracts, bad players, whatever. So I went to overthecap.com. Mm -hmm. which is um, one of the preeminent uh, salary cap websites on the internet. They do a great job with the NFL. Mm -hmm. And their reaction to the Jonu Smith trade, their analysis written by someone named Jason Fitzgerald, so mm -hmm. not some jilted Boston reporter, media type. Yeah. Uh, second paragraph, after they describe what happens with the trade, a team trading for Smith is surprising. The Patriots signed him to an overly aggressive $12.5 million a year contract in 2021 with a wild $31.25 million fully guaranteed at signing. 
It looked like one of the worst signings that year and wound up being just that as the Patriots never found a role for Smith, who had just 55 receptions for 549 yards in two years with the Patriots. So, And one touchdown. It was a bad signing. And there was now I would disagree a little bit actually with over the cap. I was a little bit more optimistic at the time of the signing. I didn't really care about the money because I thought they were targeting an athlete that they saw upside with in their offense, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, they were wrong. I was wrong. Josh McDaniels was wrong. Bill Belichick was wrong. Everybody who was involved, even John o. Smith and his teammates who kept saying, Remember that first year? Breakout game's coming. Oh, that breakout game is coming. That bre- it never came. It never will come. I don't think it'll come with Atlanta. It is what it is with him. But, okay, so Jono Smith is gone. So first mm-hmm. and foremost, I would argue, you know, we've done a lot of our positional uh, breakdowns for the Patriots mm-hmm. and needs and interest rating. You now need a tight end. You need at least a body on the roster, whether that's a mm-hmm. veteran, a draft pick. Clazy Claire is excited. She can focus more on the draft now, whether that's Michael Mayer, Notre Dame round one, or nope. take advantage of the depth and the talent in the second, third, fourth round. I agree with the nod that Fitzy gives. I would go that route. Probably, mm-hmm. by the way, you may need a veteran and a, and a draft pick. You might need two to compete. I, I'm okay with that. Right. So, okay, but move past that. What else we got? Yeah. Uh, so far, the Patriots have Jonathan uh, they retained a, pr- a premier free agent, uh, or at least premier based on Ish. market availability. Adjacent, as you like to say. A premier adjacent. Uh, he's a I starter. I calling jonathan jones premier i like him love him mm-hmm. underrated versatile productive loyal there's a million words i could use that are positive mm-hmm. adjectives mm-hmm. for jonathan jones it would take me a really long time before i get to premiere and even then i might have to kind of um really really tighten the picture and say was he at one point one of the premier slot cornerbacks in the nfl eh, maybe maybe so he, play, he played played better than expected last year when necessity and need came to Foxborough and said, you got to kick outside for a while there guy. And thus he did and played pretty well. You know, got a little dinged up along the way, got exposed a couple times. However, uh, someone sent me a screen grab last night, 2022 Jalen Ramsey versus 2022 Jonathan Jones, same number of interceptions, same number of targets. Ramsey gave up 10 more catches and 170 more yards receiving. That said, so, I still so you like think him. Jones is better. Nope, I still would like Jalen Ramsey on my team as well. And I would even say this, how come you can't fit both of them on the same squad? You could have. We'll get to Jalen Ramsey and the moves made by other teams in the AFC and all around the NFL in our second leg of the pod today. Jonathan Jones, I guessed he would be retained. The Patriots want, wish, and desire for him would be around two for 20. I was off by a million. It was two for 19. Your pal Mike Giardi let us know yesterday via the tweet machine that he definitely did take a little bit of a hometown discount. He prioritized New England. Didn't want to have to uproot his family. He likes it there. Probably could have gotten like three for 30, three for 33 on the open market, maybe 36 tops. Probably something like that. So, okay, good. A little loyalty, a little hometown discount. We like to see that. Thus far, though, Andy, the Patriots have prioritized in-house free agent matters. Resigned Big Bad Kyle Davis. Uh, We thought it may be Equale first, but they went for Big Bad Kyle. You hold on to Raekwon McMillan. Championship. uh, versatile uh, multi-purpose linebacker as Patriots oh, Wire mad. called. Yeah, you're still called. mad you clicked on a link. I cannot Patriots believe Wire. I got clickbaited into that. I was like, oh, the Pats must have signed someone else to go along with Raekwon and Tavai because they desperately need... Oh, no, you've just repurposed and repackaged. Yeah. 
Remember how I said there's a sucker born every minute? Sometimes they're NFL GMs. Well, sometimes they host podcasts. Bitch. I can't believe they got my click. Ah, eat a bag of clicks, Patriots Wire. So they really, Carl Davis. Suck my click? (laughs) Okay. Bunch of click click heads (laughs) over there. All right. So re-sign Carl Davis, re-sign Raekwon McMillan, re-sign Jonathan Jones, and dump the corpse of Jono Smith. That is the lump sum of what the Patriots have done thus far. I, uh, we we learned last night also um, a Andre Dillard, a tackle from the foot, Philadelphia Football Eagles, uh, was in competition. Uh, the Patriots were in competition with the team that he ultimately signed with, according to Diana Rossini. He went to the Tennessee Titans on a four-year deal, I believe, for around $10 million a season. Uh, three-year deal, excuse me. Three-year. Yeah, three years, $29 million. Andy, was he on your radar at all for, like, value veteran tackle to come in uh, while you maybe develop Stulba or grab someone else in the draft. I didn't have him on the radar. You and I have lusted for the, uh, you know, Jawan Taylors or the McGlinches. He went to Denver. I had gone, gone. And Orlando Brown, premier tackle on the market, still available. Ish, as we record this. Um, Considered by many to be the premier free agent, still available Mm -hmm. of of Mm -hmm. any position. Um, I knew who Dillard was. I wasn't because I think they need a high end tackle. It's why we've talked about either mm-hmm. top of free agency or top of the draft. And I don't disregard. There's still that opportunity. The 14th pick in the draft can be a tackle and we can say, wow, they got their guy and, and Trent Brown's back and you've solidified the line. But the fact that they were on a second tier tackle, they're on a, I mean, you said premier, but I would say second tier defensive back, their own guy in re-signing mm-hmm. Jonathan Jones. And I would also say, when we said you needed cornerback help, you needed it last year too, even with Jonathan Jones on the roster, mm-hmm. even with Jalen Mills, even with the guys you had. So you need to supplement, complement, and augment um, like a nice pair of boobs, the uh, secondary. And you need that's more a, players back there. That's a lot of mints. That's a lot of mints. Augmentation. Yes. Um, you need cornerback augmentation. And you said the Miami Dolphins trade for Jalen Ramsey. And we could do a whole discussion, and we will later in the podcast, of how good he is, how valuable he is, whatever. He's by, he's t- he's burnt toast, bro. He's, this, he's spent. He's cash. No, he's not, guys. He's still pretty. He's still a pretty damn good football player. This feels like an old-school Patriots free agency and offseason where you the second wave of free agents we hear is where the value you don't overspend in the first wave guess what you know who can wait for the second wave good teams mm-hmm. you know who can't teams that aren't even in the conversation in their own damn division who are forgotten and irrelevant and looking up potentially at three um borderline super bowl contenders in their own division mm-hmm. um but i would also argue the kansas city chiefs they wanted a guard. They needed a guard. They went and got a guard. They spent eighty million dollars on a guard, and oh, they could sit a tackle. Back. No, they got a tackle. No, they got I no, mean the tackle. Um, yeah, they knew they were going to lose Orlando Brown. So guess what they did? They went out and got another tackle aggressive. that they e aggressive. And they could yeah. stand go and get they, a tackle from the Jags. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. It's and they okay. have the best player in football. They could stay back have as much and just hang out. Salary cap money as the Patriots do, and they go out and they. Now, Andy, what this tells me. No, it's not Belichick asleep at the wheel. No, you don't have to insert meme of Belichick and Linda asleep on the train in front of a pile of snacks. Barbados Bill. Yeah, Barbados Bill. No, we don't need to see Bill and his little sky blue skivvies on the on the beaches of Barbados. This tells me that Bill Belichick and Matt Grow and uh, who else is up there? Elliot Wolf, yeah, Wolf. B- Billy O'Brien, et cetera. 
they all value and view the roster and talent that they already have as more valuable than most of us do on the outside. So who's wrong here or who's, who's off, who's off base. Are we, are we going to sit here and say, and then receive all sorts of clap back for this digital announcement that we think the Patriots brass is wrong and that their roster isn't as talented as they believe it is. Well, I mean, their decisions over the last four years have not been great. Their recent track record is questionable at best. Uh, and I know you get in trouble when you say that. People are all pissy when I brought up Belichick's drafting because there was an interesting chart um, that made the way made the rounds on social media about how the Patriots get above expected value in trades of draft picks over the last mm -hmm. X number of years. And I said, well, mm -hmm. he can still win trades. It's the picking of players that's become a little questionable. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Even Brian Mori, freaking former director of the uh, Hall at Patriot Place, the Patriots Hall of Fame, was like, oh, yeah, he won six Super Bowls without being knowing how to draft. And I was like, not what I said. Not what I said, you defensive little poopy pants. I said of late. And you know who note likes to note the drafting of late? Robert? Craft likes to note that the funk they went into for a few years drafting. So their their track record making decisions, I think we've earned the right to question, right? Mm -hmm. you, people like you, the Foxborough frauds. The All right, here we go. It's time for you people brought to you by hopefully one day Miller Lite, but not yet. We're just letting them know this is a perfect segment for them to sponsor. You people used to tell me, oh, well, you're going to question the guy that's going to the Super Bowl every year that's got six Super Bowl rings, nine Super the guy, I'm no, no, no. I'm questioning the guy who, over the last four years, hasn't won a playoff game, has missed the postseason two of the last three years with losing records, and the rosters have been questionable at best at various points in the last four years. That's the guy I'm questioning because that's the guy who's atop the organizational depth chart and making decisions. So, you know, using your own logic of the old days, he was he was beyond questions when he was going to the Super Bowl every year, right? Okay, mm -hmm. let's pretend that's true. Okay, what was uh what's what's missing from that equation? Um, me. Some, uh, yeah, you know what it is. Hasn't won a playoff At, game since I left the organization. Ever since you fit, you nailed it. There it is. Finally, the key to the crime. Not this guy, not this I, guy. Yep, yeah, no, not the guy behind you. Nope, not him. Not the not the handsome one. Not the one whose whose whoa, 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 name, image, and likeness decorates that this this wall of nonsense behind me. Nope, it's you. Ever since ever you since left, left the organization. organization that one year where he was still part of the organization and I wasn't, you know what he did? He threw a pick six and they lost a home playoff game. Facts, not opinions. Ever since WEI hired the two of us, the Patriots have won zero playoff games. It is what it is. Facts. The numbers. I know. Numbers. Hey, they never they never lied. They're ne you always say the truth is never cruel, and I say that numbers never lie. So that's okay. That's the job of lawyers, lovers, and liars. Uh, all right, so... As we as we wrap up this inaugural portion of the segment, uh, analyzing Patriots free agency or the start of Pat's free agency 2023, what kind of moves or or tell me, Jacoby Myers, do you think now he stays because the market has shifted? Do and some other players have gone off the board. Uh, who do you think the Patriots could target? Just a quick little uh, hypothetical speculate, uh, speculative type of thing. Well, it, as you said, it seems like they prioritized their own players. So mm -hmm. using that logic, there mm -hmm. is a chance that Jacoby Myers is back, right? They, yep. If they prioritize their own players, then Jacoby Myers is still their own player, still available as of recording of this podcast. And I know Mike Giardi said, excuse me, that the wide receiver market was maybe coming together slower than, and mm -hmm. it was almost like people were waiting for a first shoe to drop. And then, I mean, it makes sense if you have OBJ still asking for $20 million a year. Uh -huh. 
And if Mike Reese is right and he expected or, or projected the market could go north of 15 million a year for Jacoby Myers, uh-huh. it makes sense that those are slow to come to fruition. Maybe you can pull on the heartstrings of Jacoby Myers. And he says, you know, the, the huge money isn't available. Hey, Jacoby, that number I've been throwing out for months, three and 39, $13 million a year, Jacoby. You're comfortable here. You like Mac. We like you. He likes mm-hmm. you. Maybe he takes the Jonathan Jones approach to, to free agency. But beyond that, you know, I know Orlando Brown technically is still out there, mm-hmm. but doesn't it feel like they're not going to be in on if they're in on Dillard? Feels mm-hmm. like they're not going to be in on Orlando Brown. Like that was a plan of a more middling yep. mid-market deal. Um, it feels so, like you know, it feels like yeah, they prioritize like Trent Brown in a contract year. They think he's still a high leverage player. He's probably the left tackle pending health for 2023, and they're going to look for a value play, uh, not named Isaiah Wynn at right tackle this season. And they'll have Stu- they'll have McDermott be priority swing tackle number one. Stuber dragging behind him in training. And maybe they'll take somebody in the mid rounds. Like maybe they're not even going to use that first pick on Paris Campbell or Broderick Jones, or they'll end up trading back. And it's a whole value play. And it just makes you wonder, Andy, do the Patriots see the way the rest of the AFC East is coming together and think, yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be our year. So let's just continue to like rebuild for 24 and 25. And if so, another bridge year, how many uh, bridge years do they have? I don't know. What are the, I mean, it's a well, bridge to nowhere. No, honestly, Andy, this is a. I thought this was a great tweet. Rich Keefe and I used this as a launch point for many a discussion on Monday night's edition of the Rich Keefe Show. Give him a follow at Rich Keefe Show. I thought this was a great tweet from Doug Kide yesterday. Um, it kind of just asked like the million dollar question. Uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. I have it saved and faved. If Aaron Rodgers does eventually go to the Jets, and we can use this as our bridge from segment one to segment two. Uh, but I'd love to hear your answer. If Aaron Rodgers does eventually go to the Jets, then what is the Patriots' goal this season? And what is an attainable way of achieving that goal with three seemingly more talented teams ahead of them in the division? 617-779-7937. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on in the division. I mean, we learned a lesson last year. Rich Keefe learned a lesson last year, or he should have. We had the first uh, example of a Hall of Fame quarterback switching teams and it blowing up in the team's face. His name was Russell Wilson. They were not mm-hmm. Super Bowl contenders. They were not even a competitive, good NFL football team. So anything can happen in football. I've always been a firm believer in that. I think people forgot that with Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford and these quick turnaround um, trades for quarterbacks and it all fell into place. Mm-hmm. I still believe football's different, and when you add an old quarterback, like I don't think it's a guarantee that the Jets, if they get Aaron Rodgers, are a Super Bowl contender. It looks like it on paper, and he mm-hmm. may be motivated, and that could be all part of it. And the Buffalo Bills looked like they were regressing, not progressing, last year. So mm-hmm. right there, those two teams have some some questions. They're going through cap issues in Buffalo because his cap number exploded. Then they had to redo it for him and mm-hmm. Von Miller. So there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving pieces. They're losing talent in the back end. They're losing talent at linebacker. Tremaine Edmonds goes to the mm-hmm. Bears. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that in a little bit. Um, and then the Dolphins, the third team, have a quarterback question that's probably as big or bigger than the Patriots quarterback question because to his head, even if two is great and lives up to what they think he's going to be, that's why they picked up the fifth-year option. He could take a hit on any Sunday, Thursday, Monday, whatever day they play. It could be in practice for all we know. Yeah. Yep. 
So that's why they sign, and that's why they sign Mike White. But if all of those teams are healthy, if all of them pl- play as, if they're healthy enough, but they won't be. It's, it's right no, there. They won't be. And, and the happen. Patriots won't be either. But it's hard to argue all three of them right now look better than the Patriots. And right. So but when so you did look the Broncos. At the, the Broncos look better than the Patriots paper, last offseason. Nothing is won in the offseason. The 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 Philadelphia 76ers, the the Brooklyn Nets, and I and people would say, wait, whoa, right. whoa, why'd you just bring up NBA? And the because Raiders. The NFL has become the NBA, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of big name pieces moving. We're gonna put together teams and it's gonna be great, and this is gonna be awesome on paper. Oh crap, we just had to take the football field. We're not as good as it says we are on paper. We're not gelling on both sides of the ball, like it said on paper. So mm-hmm. I know I'm grasping at straws a little bit here. The Patriots are the Least talented team in the AFC East right now. By the way, they were just a half a step. They were a Zach Wilson out of the basement last year. They could have easily been the basement team in the East last year. Other teams are improving or at least making significant changes. They are spinning their wheels through the first few hours, few days of tampering. And as I look, and we'll wrap up segment one with this, as I look at the Patriots laundry list of immediate uh, and high-priority needs on the roster, offensive tackle, wide receiver, cornerback, tight end, safety, punter, likely kicker, and maybe backup quarterback. I don't think many of these needs are going to be addressed further in free agency at this point. I don't, I don't 11 even, draft picks. Woohoo! Uh, yay. Oh, man, those three-sevenths in the compensatory threes and fours are really going to help the Patriots vault back to prominence and help us relive the glory days of dominating the AFC East wash, rinse, repeat. Tom Brady I, 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 with a compensatory pick, you boob. Yeah, there you go. You showed, yeah, you showed Fitzy hat. I can do this. I can do this Foxborough fraud thing. It's not that hard. It's fun. I've told you. It's actually kind of a fun lane to steer into every now and again. Uh, I do think they re-signed Jacoby Myers. I do think he'll stay at, I do whoa, think whoa, he'll whoa. stay at home. That's big news. And I think they'll re-sign Myers, and I do think they go out and they get, I think they re-sign Peppers, and I think they go out and get some sort of uh, mid-range, one of the, you know, Juan Thornhill, one of those other t- safeties that may cost like three, four, 21, something like that. And Jalen Mills uh, did tweet yesterday. What was it? Y'all, y'all remember I'm a safety, right? Or yeah. y'all and remember I'm a I've hybrid. I've been telling people that for two years. Nobody wants we, to listen. So I know what, again, these are the things we say on Six Rings and Football things that eventually everyone else catches up on, but you often hear it here first. All right, that ends segment one. Thanks for listening, everyone. Rate, review, subscribe, and share all year long. Don't you think that just because there's no game action till September, that there's no preseason until late July, early August, that there's no draft till the end of April, that we're going to be taking it easy, resting on our laurels, or vacationing? No, 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 no. Six Rings is a 24-7, 365 experience at Six Rings Pod, at Fitzy GFY, and at Jumbo Heart. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. 
Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Andy, what do we think so far of what the rest of the AFC East has done and what moves in the NFL thus far have caught your eye, attention, affection, or ire in the rest of the NFL as free agency with its legal tampering period has kicked off in 2023. Well, it's not surprising given that they had the best assets to work with, but um, the Chicago bears have been aggressive. They're building around Justin Fields and not just the big deal for the number one overall pick with the Panthers, which is a big deal, not just because of the trade, but you acquired a number one receiver in DJ Moore as part of that deal. Then you go out and get Tremaine Edmonds, who we've talked a lot about because he still has massive upside. So for a team that had to move on from Roquan Smith because of contract, they come swing back around and get an athletic playmaking linebacker for their defense. So the team with the most cap space and the best draft pick assets to work with, not surprisingly, is winning the offseason so far. Um, what that means in terms of turnaround, we do need to remember they're, they won three games a year ago. There's a reason they're picking at the top of the draft. They uh-huh. have a lot of work to be done. But if you're a Bears fan, it's uh-huh. the opposite of the Patriots right now. Like, you're excited. I don't know what it'll lead to, but you're excited. Oh, they, I, and I know, again, we have to go back to everything has to always come with some sort of, like, barbed wire-laden, angry Northeasterner disclaimer, the offseason isn't one. See, we all we all said the Patriots won the offseason two years ago, and they're on the way back to the Super Bowl because it suited our narrative and needs. Yep. And then they didn't. They went Broad. to the playoffs, and they got their doors blown off. Two years later, the Bears are doing what the Patriots did, and then some. And if we say like, oh, the Bears are crushing it, it's like, oh, they only won three games last year. Fields is a bum, whatever. Guess what? Right now, the Chicago Bears are crushing free agency in their offseason that they acquired all those picks to move back from one to nine. They'll probably still get something resembling the player they wanted. They got a top tier, top 15 wide receiver in DJ Moore, who I love and I think is going to be great the same way Steph Diggs potentially was for Josh Allen. He may just be for Justin Fields as well. All these extra picks, and on day one, with all that money they had, they rebuilt their linebacking core. And they got the one of the free agents you and I would have lusted after, that we did lust after, and thought would have been a, a phenomenal fit in Foxborough, in Tremaine Edmonds. So the Bears are winning free agency in the offseason right now. I think it's just a simple statement of fact. And then there's teams like that are in the Patriots mode, but in a different mode where they're losing some guys or maybe not the the Bills. You Mm -hmm. lose a major linebacker. I know you redid Milano and kept him, but your safety and linebacker position on a defense that was questionable at best last year. They didn't live up to their numbers. They struggled, you know, to live up to sort of their reputation Mm -hmm. is taking a hit. The Cincinnati Bengals are losing both of their safeties and, you know, yeah. Touch on the Jesse Bates thing. It never made any sense to me. I know Mike Reese was big on it. Like, that would be it. I just didn't see how, given the the money, the budget the Patriots had to work with and the other needs they have, how giving Bates a bag, and he got a bag. I think he's now the fourth highest paid safety in the history of football. Good young player. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying he couldn't have helped the back end of the defense. But 
it just didn't align with the Patriots right now in terms of finances mm-hmm. and needs, in my opinion. Um, but he he's gone. The Bengals lose uh, Bell. The other state, like, there's a lot of maneuverings. I like the Chiefs. We touched on it on the first segment. You're yeah. gonna lose your tackle. You need to protect your asset. Your asset is Patrick Mahomes. It all starts mm-hmm. with Mahomes. You can't have another debacle like the Super Bowl a couple of years ago where he's running for his life. They went out and aggressively signed another tackle just to say, mm-hmm. okay, we're still doing business. We're still competing. We're still in mm-hmm. the game. I like that move for them. They have a great center already. They got a great guard in Joe Tooney. They go get a top-tier tackle. Uh, not a great run blocker, but an excellent pass protector, which is good. Yeah, they have wide receiver issues because they may lose Juju, and Mecole Hardman's a free agent. But they've got young guys like Sky Moore and Justin Watson, who came through last year for them as well. And the uh, last thing I'm ever going to do is wonder if the Chiefs are going to be good again. I will ne- As long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes or any combination they're in is together in the land of big beef and ribs, I am not in any way, shape, or form going to question them. Um, there were a lot of a lot of signings that I love day one. Yeah, Bates, too expensive. Bell, too expensive. The Bengals are getting picked apart, as are the Eagles so far as well. They're going to lose Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as well, probably today or tomorrow. So this is what happens. A lot of times, it's either the Super Bowl champions or the runners up who like get there and they're like, we built the roster just for this. And we came so close. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. They end up getting a lot of their talent vultured as well. So here's something that people forget as well. I'd like to bring this up. When it's like, ah, the Patriots missed out on Bates. Ah, they missed out on Bell. Ah, they missed out on this guy or that guy. Like, well, we don't have to worry about insert name of team here, like the Falcons signing another safety so the Pats can go get the next guy they want. Yeah, but here's the thing. If the Patriots don't get the guy they want in free agency, Andy, you can now add the Bengals to the mix of people that are going to be trying to draft a safety that you may have a target on or that they may be thinking of as well. So needs, these are all like, these needs and wants and desires in free agency in the draft are just like shifted around all over the place. Like it's just a Tetris board where pieces are constantly being moved to fit the narrative um, and the upcoming season. So it's not like the Pats are lucking into any sort of situation right here. Now you can add the Bengals and you can add the Eagles to teams looking for cornerback and safety values, which you're already on the lookout for. Yeah, and that's why it's a weird, and I've even seen people propose on Twitter fans like, hey, how come the draft couldn't come first and then free agency after so you can see if you fill a need with a young, cost-effective player before you, well, I'm guessing the players would never allow that in the CBA negotiations because you are now potentially devaluing veterans and and cutting into the amount that teams would invest because they can get some cost certainty in the draft. These are their paydays. This is what they live their entire life and career for. So I don't think they would ever do it. If I were an NFL team, would I want it? Yeah, probably. If you can tell Mm -hmm. me who I draft first, then I can fill the rest of my roster in with free agency and know how much I need to invest or over-invest in a certain position. That'd be, Mm -hmm. that'd be great, but it's never going to happen. But these are a two-part process, like free agency, and, and Bill even says more than that. Bill will always tell you, like, then there's later in the summer, there's still those free agents, and there's pre-training camp and cuts and negotiations and different things. But the pillars of the offseason, free agency, and then the draft, and they do work totally in concert. If you if you don't get a tackle, I'm pretty sure you have to draft a tackle pretty high. Like, it'll, people will say, no, Bill doesn't draft for needs. If they do not sign a veteran tackle, they will be drafting a tackle in the first two rounds. I, I'd almost virtually guarantee it because the, the need will be that high. So they are married together. I did want to bring up as we talk about what other teams are doing and the moves and who you like, who you don't like. Mm -hmm. There was a tweet from Bryant McFadden 
former Pittsburgh Steelers defensive back. He's now a CBS analyst because all ex-players are analysts on some level, somewhere, some network, some website now. And he said, basically, if the Dolphins get Jalen Ramsey, and they are, they're trading for Jalen Ramsey, and the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, the window for the Bills could be closing. I paraphrase gently, but um, the key for me isn't that, because I actually kind of agree with him. Mm -hmm. The Bills window, like now the Allen contract kicks in, now you're losing players that were part of your core. Like it's getting tougher and tougher for the Bills to win that title they haven't won. But the more alarming thing from our perspective here on Six Rings and Football Things, a Patriot-centric podcast, is the Patriots aren't mentioned in the conversation of the AFC East by a former player and NFL analyst, not even, I mean, you even get the, aren't, aren't tweets expanded now? Can't you use more characters or whatever? Yeah, like you can it? write, you can warn show. I've seen people like writing 5,000 word yeah. tweet, these magnum opuses and these, you know, absolute yep. Iliads on Twitter these days. So it's not like Bryant McFadden was like, damn it. I want, I wanted to include the Patriots in there, but I just couldn't I just didn't have character out. limit guys. Sorry. Character limit. You know, I, could, I and, on... and no one likes one of those thread, like little school right. emoji or like, right. I don't nope. feel like clicking through that. Nope. That that's not why he didn't do it. He didn't do uh -huh. it because you're not relevant to the conversation he was having about the best teams in the AFC East because those teams are either already stacked, already have some of their talent. You know, Tyreek Hill came last year, Jalen Waddle, like, or they're adding with big moves and you are re-signing a 31-year-old slot corner who's a nice story and versatile and loyal and you guys like mm -hmm. each other. He played 18 snaps at safety in Super Bowl 53. If I have to use that stat one more time to comfort myself on the way to fourth place in the AFC, I know, honestly. Um, day one came with a lot of other signings that I liked as well, Andy, like David Long, linebacker from Tennessee. Anybody that plays on a Mike Vrabel defense and goes on a, or a veritable discount deal somewhere else and all your experts and analysts and your Warren Sharps praise the deal, that's one that always hits me right in the in the Pats parts. How come Belichick wasn't in on this guy? He didn't like him. Two-year deal, $11 million. Uh, and he goes to Miami. Again, a team that is improving drastically. They trade for Ramsey. They pick up David Long as well. They pick up Mike White to be a backup. So th there's your Tua insurance. We know last year that Mike White played at a very competent, if not at times, reasonably high level for the Jets as a backup to the you know, uh, Zach Wilson debacle. Good pickup for them as well. So that means that they know that this is their chance to make a surge. Like the Dolphins going for it. The Bills losing guys, but they also restructure Von Miller and Josh Allen, pay them a bunch of money up front, create $32 million in cap space now to either hold on to Poyer, bring in Tremaine Edmonds' uh, replacement. Who knows who they could be going out to get. Yes, they'll have cap issues down the road, but we're just talking about the here and the now. Everyone else is going for it, and the Patriots are just kind of, you know, doing the Patriot thing as well. Um, what was that gesture you just did? Do uh, uh, you think that's circling the drain? I, I'm I, just I, asking you what I you was, intended. I, hold, holding pattern. Oh, okay. Just a, just, a lo, just a lower altitude holding pattern. You right know what now. happens sometimes when you uh, do a holding pattern? You start to run out of gas, and people start to freak <laughs> out, and you could crash. And... Uh, you had Bobby Okereke going to the Giants, I believe, as well. Jermaine Pratt stays with the Bengals. Uh, a lot of talent went out the first day. Some of it went for a high price. A lot of it didn't. Defensive tackles like Hargrave getting 4-84 and for the Niners. Didn't the Niners already have the best defensive line in football, and now they added the best defensive tackle? Yeah, you win in the trenches. Football's played in the trenches. Again. Yeah. You... Ed Orgeron agrees with that signing. All right, no, I don't seriously, know why he and, would and, care, but he does. 
go, go Niners. I, I don't know why. Suddenly, Ed Ogeron is our new guest. Let's analyst. Murder this too. <laughs> um, a tweet came out a few minutes ago uh, from Shefty. Uh, Jets are actively working to reach an agreement with Packers free agent Alan Lazard. How about that? Gee whiz, I wonder why Alan Lazard would want to suddenly go play for the Jets. It's so weird. So they have a former Packers receiver. They have the former Packers offensive coordinator in New York. It's almost mm -hmm. like they could be getting the former Packers quarterback. It's weird. Uh, for everyone out there who wants to say, Rodgers is washed. He's no good anymore. He's a bum. Go back to the darkness. What would you like to offer? Um, you have the right to that opinion, and it's mm -hmm. certainly a possibility. As I said earlier, Russell Wilson blew up in the Broncos' face last year. It did not work. No one liked him. He's fighting on the sideline. They couldn't win. Mm -hmm. Coach got canned. The whole damn thing. Now, I would say Aaron Rodgers, to me, can still play. Um, there were some throws last year that I do think were affected by the injury in the thumb. So don't mm -hmm. just assume he's going to be hurt next year. It's not like he had a uh, tendonitis in his throwing shoulder. No, no, no. The thumb will be healed. Does he have? And, now, does he have COVID? Was it COVID finger, or is it he, he had COVID the year before? Is this right. a, You know what yeah. he has now? Something to prove, and he is the biggest baby on the planet with something to prove that makes him so freaking dangerous that if you make me bet, is Rogers going to be good or bad? Is he going to exceed or fall short? Give me exceed because I think those competitors he's a baby it won't last long mm -hmm. he loves the attention he's a drama queen whatever you want to label him mm -hmm. he also loves to prove people wrong loves the spotlight and i think he's going to put on a show I, I i honestly think if his hand is healthy he's going to be extra motivated i mean the money's going to be guaranteed he'll get 50 million for each maybe there could be some restructuring and contract finagling to make things work with the jets uh, and they may have to lose a player or two. I think they'll survive if they have to cut Corey Davis and C.J. Mosley. There's enough talent on both sides of the ball for the Jets. They're kind of in win-now mode. And they yeah. and and the guy they wanted to build up around, Zach Wilson, that's usually the plan. Get the five-year rookie deal, build up around your guy, and win now when he's on that first five-year deal. Well, he stinks. He sucks. He's a bum. And he's not he's not ready. He is not ready for prime time. So they're going out to get a veteran to play at, extreme, at an extremely high level, hopefully to go try and win now. Good for them. That's exactly the way it should be. Oh, my God. The AFC East is going to be flipping loaded this year. Is there anybody the Patriots could go get or any combination of guys the Pats could get that would make a difference and that would help them stay? Like, we've heard nothing about DeAndre Hopkins. We've heard nothing about any wide receiver trades. Is there anyone the Pats could go get that would make a difference? Yeah. It's just five letters. It's not that hard. B R O W N. No. Brown? Oh, no. <laughs> what? L A M A R. La to the Mar. And you know what the Mar is? The Mar is the ocean. Massachusetts is near the ocean. So La Mar was meant to play in Massachusetts near the ocean. I think it's, I think, isn't it Mayor? What? No, it's Mar. No. Okay. It's yeah, Mar. you're right. So I'm yeah. right. No, if Lamar is out there, we're talking collusion. Maybe the Patriots are hiding in the weeds of Lamar. Yep. Can we dream? Uh, no, you're not allowed to. That's not, we don't do dreams on this podcast. We only stay, we only stay grounded firmly in the reality of our here and our now. And it is super depressing. And, and that's, that's the only it, answer. That's yeah. the only, in, in my opinion, that's the only nope. answer. I know I tried to, you know, beat the T Higgins drum. Uh, earlier in the fall before everybody else started to talk T Higgins. That and ain't happening. Things. But, I mean, Lamar would be the answer. 
Otherwise, you better nail the hell out of this draft. It's starting to feel like you're putting a lot of pressure on the draft process to have a very significant, impactful draft. Could they get D-Hop or whatever, like a veteran mid-round trade pick thing? Mm -hmm. Sure. But it's looking like you're going to slide a tackle. It's a lot like last year. You're probably going to slide a tackle, mm -hmm. a cornerback, and maybe a wide receiver in the first three or four rounds into significant roles on your roster this year once again. And uh, a couple last little nuggets, and then we'll get to our last little segment here. Uh, yeah, man, my God, the, the 49ers. Good Lord, that's going to be potentially the greatest defensive line in NFL history this year. Our old pal Stiddy goes for 2-10 and 10 to back up Dangerous a, a mile high. Sean Payton specifically targeting his guy. Word is that Dangerous is going to be on a pretty short lease of the season, so watch out. But we'll see if any of those wide receivers, like, I'll take Jerry Judy, Judy in a freaking heartbeat. If they're like, yeah, we we got Tim Patrick. He's back off the ACL. We still like Hamler. It's Sutton or Judy. If if, if he caught, as he's a fob, if he called the Belichick and said, I'll take this year's two and next year's four. Okay. Do you want me to drive out there and get him? Or you want me to send Fitzy and Hart both? They can do a mobile six rings pod. They'll go get him. Pick drive him Denver? That's yeah. a long drive. Yeah, probably. Maybe a TF Green or maybe, I've, hell, I'll pay, I'll pay for the private plane to go at Hanscom. I don't care. Okay, I'll uh, do that. I, that would be, a, I'll pick him up, whatever he needs. That would be a huge deal for them. Um, I would take any of their receivers. Uh, any. You, like, I'd even take Tim Patrick. Out, you need to fill out your depth chart. I thought mm -hmm. Hamler coming out was a Patriot-type receiver. Um, Judy, obviously, the, the Alabama system, there's a connection there. Sutton, mm -hmm. I still think, has really upside potential. Now, marrying him with Mac, we don't know if you would reach that potential necessarily. There's a lot of questions about the rest of the offense and how it's coming together. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you – you need to fill out a wide receiver depth chart. You said earlier, maybe the Patriots prioritize and like their talent more than mm. the outside world is viewing it. Yeah. I think that's a dangerous game to play. I, I don't like, for example, Bill Belichick liked the idea of Matt Patricia and Joe judge coaching more than the entire outside world did who was right. Bill Belichick or the outside world. Outside. We, I thought we had agreed before the podcast. There was a clear no Patricia policy on this podcast, Just or at least me. for the next month. There was a moratorium on bringing up Maddie P's name. One last uh, question for you before we bump out into a uh, rules changes segment of the Six Rings pod. Jimmy Garoppolo. I was just going to say, am I allowed to am I allowed to praise Jimmy Garoppolo for getting thirty four million dollars tax free to well, be that handsome in Las Vegas? That son of a bitch. What a life he's going to have. And. You know, it was funny. I was driving with my son and he's like, that signing happens. And then he's reading through like social media. He's like, why are people so down or why are people so um, brutal or something with Jimmy Garoppolo? And I was like, well, some of it is, is an expatriate and fraud patriot fans turn on people when they turn their jersey in and leave the team. I said, some of it's the injuries. It's just he's become, for whatever reason, a whipping boy in a lot of circles. Um, he's a good quarterback. And you know, I, I found it interesting. There was a phrase being put out there by Ross Tucker and others that the Raiders feel he's a better culture fit than Carr. I don't know what that means. I don't know exactly. Carr is supposed to be a pretty high character guy. He is, but I would argue is maybe. And Garoppolo has questions to some degree in terms of his toughness and the way he left New England and wouldn't play. Remember, he was hurt and they thought it was. Yeah, I believe me. And Martellus Bennett called him something that rhymes with a snitch. Yeah, that that whole thing. So I found that interesting. But I would just say he's a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much an upgrade he is over Carr. I do think he's an upgrade. 
Because I'll let you know when Derek Carr gets to a Super Bowl. Never has, never will. I'll let you know when Derek Carr wins a playoff game, Andy. Right. And, but there's going to be still questions. The relationship with McDaniels, obviously there's a comfort there with the Patriot playbook, the Patriot way, whatever you want to call it with McDaniels. They've Do got I think weapons the, oh plenty. Weapons ab- oh plenty. Absolutely. And that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's always been a guy that can know his role, shut his hole, and, and just sort of be that guy. You're not going to win the game because of him. But can he get the ball to Devontae Adams? Can he get it to Darren Waller? Can he utilize? Yes, he's proven he can do that over the course of his NFL career, assuming he doesn't get hurt, because that's a legitimate question. Mm-hmm. He's always hurt. He but is fragile, yes. I, I like it for the Raiders. For whatever reason, the culture needed to be changed from Carr to um to, to Garoppolo. The one thing I would say there is I'd be careful with that phrase, because Carr's buddy is still your most important offensive player, Devontae Adams. I'm not sure mm-hmm. you need to be smearing him by saying we needed a culture change from Carr because that could tick off his best buddy right over there on that locker. And if his best right. buddy decides he wants out, well, you're porked. Exactly. And then he could be like, well, you know, actually, my friend's down in New Orleans. I hear it's beautiful. I, I've always wanted to go to Mardi Gras, even though Devonta Adams had right. that m- mega mansion out in Vegas. Uh, the last one I'll mention, too. I, I would have liked somebody like, you know, I liked Cam Sutton. Uh, he goes to, he leaves three for 33 to the Vikings, smart, sneaky value ad right there. Underrated corner, even a guy like Patrick Peterson, who now replaces him in Pittsburgh. Would you, or would you not have been in on like a, you know, two year, $15 million deal for a veteran cornerback to add in while you draft somebody, add him into the mix with Jonathan Jones allows mills to shift completely to free safety. Like just would have been a, I, I just think it would have been a fundamentally sound ad either one of those guys for the Patriots secondary. And then you would have been able to focus more on weapons and offensive line in the rest of free agency in the draft. Yeah. In terms of leadership, veteran stability, if you're going to go young in the back end, I guess I was never as big on the Peterson thing. I think he's kind of, uh, you know, coming up to the uh, 19th hole, so to speak on his NFL career, but sure. I, I would take anything at this point. I would take adding talent to the roster, regardless of whether that talent is questionable, because right now they're just standing pat and you can't spell pathetic without Pat. And that'll be a title of a column coming soon from Andy Hart. Whoa, don't give away the, uh, it's secret. a T don't give away the gold. All right. That wraps up this segment as well. One more to go here. Thanks for listening, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing, arguing with us, yelling at us, hating, loving, trolling, rolling, whatever it is. We appreciate having you here in the six rings and football things community. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Uh, Andy, our last little uh, tidbit, little bonus nugget here on the pod. Lost in the sea of legal tampering, the opening, if you will, unofficially of free agency 2023 was 
a team. Which team was it again that proposed a series of rule changes that will be addressed when the owners meetings kick off in a few weeks? I'm not sure where the owners meetings are this year. I'm sure we'll hear from Belichick. We'll hear from Robert Kraft. They're always sandwiched between free agency and the draft. Um, which team was it that proposed this interesting spate of rule changes, some of which I actually like? Well, there, there's a number of them. Um, okay. There's I'm looking at the document the NFL sent out last night. It looks like nine rules proposals, but then there's also some to the playoff proposals. Mm -hmm. um, for example, rule number one by Philadelphia proposal right. is to permit the use of the number zero as a jersey number in the National Football League and to allow punters and kickers to use any number from zero to 49 and 90 to 99. I don't care as much about the second part as the first. Uh, I, I like the idea of having zero. Um, I said this to you. Uh, yes. off here. I mean, we've adjusted to the new age um, of the National Football League. And like, you know, we used to think of numbers in a certain way. Now we have all these single digits in recent years. And you watch college football. They have everything. It's chaos in college football. Sometimes you're like, wait a minute. There's a guy on offense and defense that wear the same number. How the hell does that work? And all these various things. Um but I joked, I'm pretty sure one of the last players to wear or to ever wear zero in the NFL was Brian Cox. He didn't have a regular jersey yet uh, back in his early days with the Patriots. And in the preseason, he wore zero, just like Pat Patriot. Um, I think he ultimately wore 51 for the Patriots. He did, but I believe it was yeah. occupied. That's the one he wanted. So in the preseason, he wore zero. Um, I'm all for this. It's fun. We've opened we've opened sure. up the floodgates of numbers. So I don't know why one is different than zero. Now, I guess the next topic would be like Robert Parrish proposes that teams are allowed to use double zero on their players so i don't know what if you open up a loophole if people push through it but i would like zero to be available just like the eagles would like zero but we also mentioned and we're tying this together on our own we do not actually know if there's any tie here at all but that's mm -hmm. what we do on podcasts um Devontae smith big celtics fan he's an eagles wide receiver celtics best player is jason tatum who wears mm -hmm. zero so it is Maybe a coincidence that the Eagles proposed that zero should be a legal NFL number. Coming off of a absolute <laughs> nut punch of a loss to the Houston Rockets on the road, a team they were 13-point favorites against. Not sure if it's exactly time to be putting Jason Tatum's number out there because he couldn't hit the side of a barn with a with an oar uh, last night as well. But okay, that's fine. I'm in for that as well. Um, I have that same list up here as well. Now, Andrew, let's see what else we got. Um, by the Chargers. Uh, make adjustment to the play clock following an instant replay reversal consistent with other timing rules. I'm fine with that. Sure. By, the by the Detroit Lions. Expand the coach's challenge system to include personal fouls called yes. on the field. Yes. Holy shit. Yes. Whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa. What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm so, I got a podcast. Ah, oh, F them. <laughs> Uh, if any any family member, anyone who's got this on in the the forty nine minute mark in the car with the kids on, a they should know. B we love a we love you. B we appreciate the loyalty and the dedication. But C honestly, come on. Yeah, I mean this is what this is this is six rings after dark. This is six rings work in the blue room okay. at this okay. point now. So all right, yeah, uh, all of these couldn't love that enough. Yes, any rule that's expanding to some degree. The, the review system, because I know there's one about roughing the passer, which became a major, major question mark last year. Um, yep. That's I'm all uh, comes I know. from the Rams. Make fouls for roughing the passer called on the field subject to replay assist. Yes, this is all logical. The XFL well, the is doing is, all of this now. It makes perfect sense. It does and it doesn't. 
I hate the NBA where they review everything and they waste time. Like I was watching a game, I think it was Dallas last night, um, and uh, Jeff Van Gundy was like, "Can we just can we just go to halftime?" They reviewed something with like on the final play of the final you know, time on the clock in the first half. And he's like, can we just go to the locker room? These stupid reviews slow down the game. And the NBA has gone that way, college basketball to some degree. So you need to be able to do it in an expedited way. But I also can't allow some of these horrific, remember the Chris Jones one where he got called for roughing the passer on the forced fumble that he recovered and it like Mm -hmm. changed the whole play. Like you have to be able to review some of those roughing the passers that just got out of hand this year. They were terrible. Yeah, they, they, that's the thing. Like, you you can say, like, oh, it's going to slow the game down. Oh, heavens, it's you know, going to drag things out even longer. The product sometimes gets as a four-hour game in the playoffs between Miami and Buffalo. Yes, but sometimes these these are called. They're egregious. They're terrible calls, and they can swing games. They're complete momentum changers. But it was, remember a couple of years ago, they reviewed um, pass interference, and it was kind mm-hmm. of a debacle, and they refused to change anything. They were not. Yeah. They were not overturning anything. If they're just going to, you know, be little children and and stamp their feet and have a little hissy fit and say, no, we're not overruling anything, then don't waste my time. I want legitimate challenges where if the viewer at home is saying that's a terrible call, then the ref needs to say, upon further review, we overturn this flag. And I'll hit on these three right here as well by Detroit as well. Provide clubs more opportunities for a third challenge. I believe if you win either one of your challenges, you should be allowed to hold on to it. You have to lose those two challenges. I believe, you know, I don't, again, I don't want to expand the game. I don't want to drag it out, but I think if you win your challenge, you should be able to hold on to it. You shouldn't just have it, burn it. And that's it. How many times I'll point to the Nikhil Harry play in 2019 against the chiefs. If the Patriots had one more challenge, they would have called it. It would have scored. Uh, oh, see when it doesn't fit the Foxborough fraud narrative, you've got to roll and try oh, a dink. What an ass. Uh, by Detroit, expand replay officials' jurisdiction to allow for consultation regarding penalty assessment. Sky judge, like it, in on it. Let's add more. Let's talk about it. Let's get it right. And by the Texans, to expand the replay officials' jurisdiction to allow for review on failed fourth down attempts. And then the the other one that's probably the biggest one, not an on-field one, is the idea. And it's been kicked around for years of... You know, the wild card team not necessarily being the road team and the seeding yes. and how you do all this. Where, Thank you. And and I do think it, this one is, I believe, proposed by the Chargers. And it is kind of funny that they're looking up at Patrick Mahomes in the AFC West. And they're like, hey, 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 it's not fair. If we can't win our division, we always have to be the wild card road team. We might be a really good team. It's just, yeah, he's really good above us, too. Kind the of thing. Chargers don't have a home field advantage. If the Chargers finish, okay, if the Chargers finish 12 and 5, Mm. Lose the AFC West to the 14 and three or 13 and four chiefs. But then we're to have to go on the road to play the eight and nine Jaguars or the eight and nine Titans. We'll say And they don't want, they feel like they should get home field. This is basically the Dallas versus Tampa principle yeah. of the previous playoffs. Uh, Tampa won the NFC South at eight and nine. The Cowboys were 12 and five Cowboys had to go on the road. They don't get the home gate. They kick the crap out of the bucks quote-unquote, end Tom Brady's career. Still doubt that. Uh, exactly. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I guess it's I guess it's okay. It's I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's just I'd be fine with it. I guess if there's a four-game difference, we've only seen a difference akin to that once or twice in the last 23 years. Do we really need to make a rule about it? Well, but it, it gives people something to play for late in the year, potentially. You could okay. maximize their opportunities. Maybe you make that not only – 
change the playoffs a little bit, but maybe you change week 17 and 18. Maybe they're now all in trying to get a home playoff game. And you're right. It's not like the Chargers have a great home field advantage, but at least you don't have to travel. You can sleep in your own bed. You can brag that you had a home playoff game, whatever it may be. Um, and, and this is always, this goes down to like high school sports. I know in Massachusetts, you hear a lot of bitching about like their state tournament uh, systems for football and various sports where you have teams with losing records and this mm -hmm. and that. And administrators are always going to have to deal with these things. And you're right. A lot of times they're few and far between. I don't know how many times these would actually come into play, but to have the rule on the books in case it does, I don't hate it. I don't hate the idea. Now, again, is there some spilt milk here? It's like when the Patriots missed the playoffs with Matt Castle and ah, proposed a garbage. rule change that they should have made the shit. playoffs. Right. And, but they were sore losers, so they made a rule proposal that they should have made the playoffs that year. Well, if you wanted to make the playoffs, you should have won more. You should have made the playoffs if you really wanted to make the playoffs. You didn't. Well, so they, uh, they went 11 and 5. I mean, how often is an 11 and 5 team? <laughs> you know what? I, audience, I understand why you hate them. I, I, I Oh, look uh, what this approach to free agency has done. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we're focusing on rules changes because we don't I have know. the actual free agents <laughs> to focus on. All right. That's a little, uh, that's a final segment, a little extra leg, a micro pod within the pod, if you will. Uh, I like, I, I am all for the ones. I don't want to give the referees too much power in the game. I don't want to give them full executive authority. I don't want to make these three-hour games, 3.30, four hours, four and a half. But at the same time, if there's a if there's a flagrant pass interference that's missed, if there's somebody who scores a touchdown whose foot doesn't go out of bounds that's missed, if there's a just a, a complete phantom roughing the passer that could potentially be reviewed to tilt the game in the favor of the team that deserves the call or rather to reverse the call, I'm all for it. And I think that the NFL should consider those rule changes. These will be points of emphasis and intrigue that we will have our eye on when the owners' meetings kick off next month. For now, though, our eyes are keenly trained and focused on free agency where the Patriots have been largely inactive thus far, prioritizing their in-house free agents. We'll see how things roll. As news breaks, we'll continue to break it, and we'll leave it for you to clean up. Give us a follow at Six Rings Pod at Fitzy GFY at Jumbo Hart on the WEI Sports Radio Network. We'll be back in a couple of days. Further free agent analysis We'll wrap our off-seasonal positional previews with a look at the special teams and, of course, a segment dedicated to the mailbag, your Perfect. questions, our answers. Mailbag, right here on Six Rings. For Hart, for producer Justin Turpin, and everyone in the extended Odyssey 2400 Sports WEI dysfunctional family, your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens saying thank you for listening to Six Rings and Football Things. Good day. God bless. Please sign somebody and go Pats. See ya.